Young lady. Amateur. Idiot. And it only gets much, much worse from there. This week on Tempest. I'm David Obachowski, and welcome to Tempest, a series that explores our complicated relationships with the things that move us. I myself have my own complicated relationships with cars, not just the ones I've owned, but also because I write about cars as a career. Doing that, well, it got me thinking about what it means to be a writer in the automotive space. It made me wonder about the experiences of other writers. So I decided to pick up the phone and give some other automotive writers a call. Hello. Hey, this is David Opachowski. What's happening, David? Here's who I spoke with. My name's Andrew Collins, and I'm the car reviews editor at Jalopnik.com. My name is Bob Sorokonich, and I'm deputy editor of Road and Track magazine. Okay, I'm Blake Z. Ron. I am a freelance writer and journalist. Uh, my name is Mac Hogan, and I am a freelance automotive journalist. My name is Miles Cook. I've been writing about cars for 27 years. So I'm uh, Dan Roth. I am a freelance automotive journalist. The automotive space is one that's rife with opinion. Electric vehicles versus conventional ones, manual versus automatic, Formula One versus NASCAR, all-wheel drive versus just having decent snow tires. You get the picture. Anyways, with all those opinions flying around, I wanted to know, did they ever get comments or emails or tweets or any kinds of communications from their readers who disagreed with what they've written? Oh, yeah. Very regularly. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do. It's infrequent, but I get them. Yes, I have. Yes, frequently and on most of the articles that I've posted. I've had a couple of things. Uh, of course. There's always somebody who disagrees. Understandable. Now, as you may have noticed, all these writers have something in common. They're all men. So I had a follow-up question. I asked how many of these emails, tweets, comments brought their gender into it. People blaming my opinions on my gender has happened approximately zero times. Uh, never. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it, and I don't think there's been a single instance where uh, my gender has been brought up. I cannot say they do. I would say over hundreds of comments and stories and, you know, millions of page views, um, in terms of percentage-wise or raw numbers-wise, that number is absolutely zero. No, not at all. I, I don't think I've ever been faulted for my gender. No, no nobody's ever been like, now you're a dude, so you don't know what you're talking about. Coming up after the break, you're going to meet some other automotive writers who have had a slightly different experience. And by slightly, I mean dramatically. Stay with me. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay, no more men for the rest of this episode. Except me, that is. 
And I'm going to do my best to stay out of it as much as I can because the experiences of the people who I spoke with are not mine to tell. They are theirs. So who are they? They are... Steph Schrader. I have bylines at Jalopnik and Auto Week, Auto Blog, The Drive. I had a piece in Slade about Dale Earnhardt. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm Jody Lai, and I'm the editor-in-chief of autotrader.ca, and we're based in Toronto. I am Kristen Lee. I am a staff writer for jalopnik.com. Uh, I'm Deb Lee. Um, the name of my company is called Andy the Lab. Well, I am Alanis King. I am the lady who yells about cars on jalopnik.com, but in word form, not in talking. I write it out. These women love cars. So I have a bachelor's of journalism from Ryerson University in Toronto, but I have loved cars ever since I was a baby. And so when I figured out that I could do car stuff and journalism in the same job, I was like, holy shit, that's the coolest job ever. And I just ran with it. I have a 2010 Mitsubishi Lancer GTS. It's not an Evo, but it's been in the Formula One track. It's pretty fun to toss around. And um, and I have a Porsche 944 that's a Lemons chump car, or they're called champ car now for reasons I don't understand. Um, but get crap can level endurance racing, um, really, really amateur stuff. <laughs> And so that's my fine Porsche race car. Um, and I have a Volkswagen 411 that another Lemons team was done with and they were giving away. And I was like, oh, it's this weird, rare air cooled. I need it. <laughs> it's got a Type 4 engine in it, like a like a 914. It's, it's, I need it. I got into cars around the seventh grade. So we got some free tickets to a NASCAR race when I was in the seventh grade, and that was around 2009. And when we got these free tickets, when my mom told us about them, we were like, ooh, NASCAR, <laughs> no thanks. And she said, well, we're in the middle of a recession, and so if you wanna go on vacation this year, we're going to NASCAR. And so we went, and it was the most incredible thing I had ever seen. No, I, I love driving cars. They're fun to read about, fun to learn about, and it is kind of my job to know about them. Um, but I guess my biggest secret is I love being a passenger, actually. Uh, I love being driven around. Obviously, I like driving, and I will drive whatever and wherever. But if the opportunity arises that someone can drive my ass around, I will 100% take them up on it. Deb Lee is actually the only one of these women who doesn't have a very deep decades-long love affair with cars. Hers is relatively new. See, Deb isn't a traditional journalist. She and her dog, Andy, the lab, and with the help of her husband, create videos. They started out reviewing various products, but about a year and a half ago, she was asked if she'd like to review a car. And to be honest with you, we pretty much just stumbled into auto. And, uh... The first time filming, I remember it was raining. I had the car in my garage and I thought, what the heck am I doing? What did I get myself into? Um, but I'm like, you know what? I have this opportunity. I am going to try to do the best that I can with the skills that I had at the time and, you know, put out a video. And that was a Mazda CX-9. And looking back now, I'm probably horrified at, at, at the quality of it, um, which I should be, um, because your first videos really shouldn't be the, shouldn't be the best. <laughs> um, but 
people watched it. And within a few months, we just kept getting more and more opportunities to film vehicles. And really since last November, uh, I've pretty much had a vehicle every week. To be clear, what she's saying is that every single week for a full year now, a car company gives her a press car to review. And why? Well, obviously, they want to reach an audience. But also, Deb's angle. She's coming at it from the standpoint of a relatable, everyday person who likes to get out with her dog. She's not representing herself as a performance driver or a mechanic. You know, I I definitely, if you've seen my videos, are they're different. They're not your typical auto review videos and I'm really not trying to make something like that. Um, the goals are, are to be fun and engaging, to view the car in a more practical way and honestly really showcase the beauty of the vehicle that I have that week through the art of filmmaking. Trying to create a cinematic experience that's visually pleasing, it's exciting, it's intriguing. And of course, I'm also showcasing dog-friendly vehicles and the features that make that dog-friendly. This is the part of the episode where I planned on going person by person and cutting in all of their credentials, where they went to school, how they got their jobs, where they have bylines, you know, prove to you how legit, how professional these women are. But first of all, we don't have time for that. Honestly, all of their resumes are so extensive and impressive, this would become a six-hour affair. And no one wants that. More importantly, they don't need to prove themselves. So, we're just going to leave it at that. Because we're going to move on to the uncomfortable remainder of this episode. We're going to talk about sexism here. And this is going to get rough. It's also going to get very, very explicit. It will not be suitable for children. Frankly, it shouldn't be suitable for anyone. But as unsuitable as it is, it's real. Alanis King raises the point that there are no professional automotive journalists who know everything about cars, and none who proclaim to. Still, for some readers, they have an expectation that they should. I would say, in general, with professional automotive journalists, especially if you say something like, oh yes, I write for Jalopnik, there's a misconception that you know every facet of every little thing in cars and you're like no you know we have people on staff who are really good at certain things and we lean on those people and so you can't ask me about some random car from 1972 and expect me to know its entire manufacturing history but someone else on staff you could definitely get them there's a misconception that you know every single thing ever you know all of the motorsports, you know all of the production cars, you know all of the historical stuff, you know all of how to do maintenance on your car, you know everything. This is something Steph also brought up. There's this weird expectation that I think you know everything when in reality, sites that hire people hire them for who they are and kind of their own different strengths and enthusiasm and... But here is where expectations and presumptions collide. And I think the thing with that misconception that you have to know everything ever because you write for a car publication, I feel like with a lot of my male colleagues, it's like, okay, you do know everything ever because you write for a car publication. With me, it's more of a, let me question you on everything ever so I can see if you're faking it. And, and that's one of the questions I get a lot, is that, like, what makes you qualified to talk about cars? If one of my male colleagues messes up in a story, 
it's just, oh, you made a mistake, no big deal. You know, you issue a correction, you screwed up. So what? You messed up the transmission options on this car. It's okay. You know better. You just made a mistake. If I mess up that exact same thing and I have to issue a correction, which, trust me, I never want to issue a correction. I can remember every single correction I've ever issued and I hate them all. Um, but if I do that, it's like, did you even really know what you were talking about in the first place? I just want to interject something here. I love cars. I've written a lot about cars. Still, I have no training as a car person. I've learned a lot about cars by osmosis from being around people, well, like the people in this episode. And make no mistake, I think I do know more than the average person about cars. But how much more? I have no idea. One thing I've never had to worry about, though, is anyone asking me to prove how much I know. To prove that I know enough to write about them. That's nice for me. And I know that these women would also like to be given the benefit of the doubt. Here, Steph brings up one small way she's actually managed to reduce how much she's questioned. Steph is is short for Stefan in, in several different countries. I don't have a picture of my face on Jalopnik. I have a little blue bunny. So it's kind of hard to read sometimes. Um, but, you know, if I ta- start talking about women's issues, it's pretty obvious. Um, and that's when I get the people who are like, what do you know? You're, you know, you're, you're just a girl or blah, blah, blah. Kristen has also found it's best to keep the photos of herself to a minimum. Yeah, I mean, and that's sort of why on all my public social media accounts, I never post pictures of myself. Um, it's strategic because my whole thing is if you're going to follow me, you're going to do it based on the merit of my work and, you know, not what I look like. And also, I'm not going to give you extra, like, ammo to come fucking blow up my inbox with. So I just, I don't need any of that. Um, I don't feel the need to post pictures of myself. Uh, Of course, we all don't just exist online. These women do actually meet people in real life. People make comments on your appearance at the racetrack. People will look at you inappropriately at the racetrack. They will assume you're someone's wife or daughter. People people tend to assume that you're there as a drag-along if you're a woman, which is not the case. One time I was at an auto show and I was doing um, a video on a car that had just launched and I was like dressed in a suit. Like I think I was being really professional. And then someone in the video was outraged because they thought that they had hired some... Um, product specialist like I'll call him a booth babe for the lack of a better word and I was like why would you think that like I knew everything about the car I'm an automotive journalist like I think I'm pretty qualified to be here so yeah I get that kind of stuff all the time I've been on press junkets where you know colleagues are surprised that I'm not like a member of the PR team or someone's wife or someone's kid like along for the ride that like no I'm I write for one of the largest outlets on the internet. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Um, Like this one time, this fleet guy was dropping off a car and the car was a manual. So I went out to go pick it up from him and I was signing the papers and he looked at me. He's like, you know, this thing's a manual, right? I was like, yeah. Like, who the fuck do you think you're dropping this car for? Like, you're dropping it off to Jalopnik. Like, we know how to drive stick. And he's like, okay. And I was like, yeah, dude, like, go get on the bus. I know how to I know how to do this. 
But for how irritating it can be with these in-person encounters where people assume these women are tagging along with dad for free food or that three petals is just one too many, it's the emails and the comments where the ugliness really reveals itself. As I mentioned, my husband helps out with a lot of behind-the-scenes communication, which that includes comments. Um, Again, so I can really purely stay focused on my filming and content. Um, So when it comes to these kind of sexist, hateful, even hurtful, like harmful words, um, I have been guarded um, from that. So, um, and you know, some of these get flagged by YouTube, removed right away. Um, Oh, you know, it's so funny because I ignore most of it. And so I only see things that are really brought to my attention or emailed to me or tweeted at me or whatever. Emails, emails are different because it takes absolutely no spine to send an email. It takes a little more spine to say something shitty to someone's face. Well, something I do want to note is, you know, sometimes, and I, it's kind of rare for me, but um, some of the other staff members, um, or staff writers out there, get uh, personalized trolls. When we come back from this break, these women are going to read some selections of the hateful emails and comments they're subjected to. It's going to be rough, but stay with me if you can. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Um, so I feel like we should probably jump into some of the messages that you get. Yep. I had asked you if you could prepare some, uh, kind of pull some ahead of this, just some, some, some choice comments or emails or whatever they are um, that that you've received for doing nothing more than quite literally your job. Yes. Would you like me to read them verbatim? Well, um... Do you, I had asked, and I don't know if you, and I don't want you to do anything that doesn't make you feel comfortable at all. Um, no, 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 no. I had asked if you had um, pulled any other actual, like, examples that you might be able to read or uh, relay comments that you've gotten. For this particular conversation, you know, I had my husband gather, and I know there are a lot more comments, so I'm very excited to see what these are. So... Yeah, I have them. They're folded right here. And when you're ready, I mean, I don't know. How how, how comfortable are you? <laughs> I mean, I I am nervous, but ready. But I guess, right, I'm ready for you to do this, except my, I guess my one question before you do. I mean, are you nervous? You don't, you truly don't know what's in here. Are you, are you nervous at all? You know, I think, I, I mean... I would be lying to say I'm not a little nervous, but at the end of the day, like, I really am not here to please man. And, like, if they have something negative to say, like, in some ways, like, I feel 
bad that they feel that putting someone down makes them feel better. But I was specific with my husband though, because I do know that there have been some comments that have been more of harm, like finding you and, and like imposing harm. Um, and I did ha ask him to remove those because those are things that I really don't want to read out loud. <laughs> all of these people on this list were men and all these emails came from men. So I'd be happy to dig through this folder I have in my inbox for you and read you a few of the highlights, if that's what you'd like. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and sing the hits here? Not to be sexist, but I feel like guys do this sort of thing better. Again, not sexist. It will be a cold day in hell when I let some hot pants hot chick newsletter writer tell me about a Ford Mustang's engine horsepower in cubic inch, capital C, cubic inch. When this fails, I guess you can go directly to selling your used panties to these losers on here. Looks like you're willing to take a shit and describe it for money. Super classy. P.S. Nobody cares about your dirty fucking parachute pant toys. This is why women shouldn't drive. Who the F cares that you were able to parallel park? You should just go back to mopping the floor and cooking dinner. In this article, you sound like a smug little bitch. You obviously know very little about this sort of thing, so you resort to smug, know-it-all wisecracking. Just shut up till you learn how to write like a journalist. Hi, Kristen. Saw your podcast on the smoking tire. About your first date, stop. I want to date you. I think you are beautiful, smart, talented, just all great. How can I convince you that I am the right guy for you? Many H and K with the kissy face emoji, Andy. P.S. I live in Sweden. Any problem? I would like to have sex with you and eat your dog. How many times have you been fucked? Please, I want to fuck you. Them Asian Americans are freaks in bed. You're a beautiful lady. You're only getting views because we all want to see you naked. Uh, but really, you're the type we would just F and leave. Your video was shit, too. So I'm reading a random car article longer than I usually should do because I was digging the colors and car. Then I was laughing at the writing, admiring the writing style. This is a reread, and I wanted to add that I was agreeing with your rationale on packages. Then to my brief bewilderment and brain-expanding moment, I realized that you're a girl, and an Asian girl to boot. I don't know who in the hell ever got so fortunate as to be yours, but that's one blessed man. Stupid Chinese slut. Learn something about cars before you write an article about them, idiot. Good job. Have an Asian lady that can barely drive reviewing cars. Idiot bitch doesn't even know this is a special edition. Go try and build this at dealership. You harlots pretend to know about cars and then make a video that just show me how dumb you really are. The way you held that shift knob. Yeah. Cat lady. So attractive. And then there's a heart emoji. Don't you guys think she's a bit childish? to review such big monsters? It looks like he wrote L-I, I don't know. Li have enjoyed reading other articles you have done. However, and especially with you being a young quote-unquote lady, you should know better than to use profanity in your articles that everyone reads, including kids. I'm not saying it's okay for men to use language when I refer to you as a young lady, but I would expect more from someone who's supposed to be a professional journalist. Also, it's not quote-unquote adult language, it's profanity, all caps. Just like the X-rated movies aren't adult movies, they're pornography. I'm not a prude, nor do I live under a rock, smiley emoji. I would just like to see you become the absolute best you can be in your life. I hope you die and all the people in your life ignore your funeral. This lady ruined everything. Hi, I like you, posse cat. And then there are some weird emojis. She clearly doesn't know what she's talking about. Just an amateur. 
and you are just their stupid woman puppet promoting their terrible products. How does it feel to be a sellout? You are just a big old piece of cutie pie, a baby doll. As long as you don't hire a woman. Your dog deserves to burn in a fire, and you should get your ears checked. Why don't you try drinking some acetone and go jogging, you dumb fuck? Funny how she tries to act like she knows what she's talking about. I have a feeling that she's just reading from a screen about something she knows nothing about. I wouldn't even rape you. Miss, please marry me. I hope the steering wheel explodes and punches a hole through you. Maybe if you pulled your head out of your PC ass, you'd write something less mediocre. You're not even pretty and you have no boobs. They spelled it wrong, though. Chicks should be doing laundry or making me a sandwich. Why do you auto groups insist on hiring women? This is why Jaguar is going down. They're being led by pussy. You and that dumb bitch on Jalopnik should just form a club and all perform seppuku. Yeah, I'd watch that. I had hours of that footage, so trust me, that was a very light sampling intended to show the full spectrum of messaging these and other women receive regularly. As you can hear, it ranged from violent to condescending to just plain old inappropriate. Don't try, try like, try not to be jealous, but I get marriage proposals like once a week. It is so, so hard. I feel so blessed. Like all these men want me to be theirs and like fuck them forever and ever and ever. Like legally. But here, Kristen turns serious. And, like, I know they mean well, but that's the problem with meaning well is you don't look beyond yourself because you think that it's fine, but you don't get out of your own head to think, how is this going to sound to the person on the other side? So it just, I guess it's also selfish to, to just go and say something like that. It's, it, it's inappropriate as fuck. And I know they think they're being funny also, but it's not funny and it's very inappropriate and it's just dumb. I mean, even comments are like, wow, Jody's so cute. Like... Thank you, but like, I'm here to talk about cars. And there are a lot of comments like, wow, a girl who knows about cars and is cute, sign me up. I want to marry her. Like, most people would say, oh, but that's a positive comment. And I'm just like, no, it's not. Everything about that comment is wrong. And it's not just wrong on some intellectual or conceptual level. These things have real, actual impact. So... In the beginning of like my automotive career, I would I would look at this stuff and I would get really upset about it. And then it, it didn't fix anything. So I thought, okay, this is just stupid. I'll just laugh it off. No big deal. Um, but then you, you come back to the fact that somebody took time out of their day to make you feel like shit. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I've been very open with the fact that I struggle with depression and anxiety I know a lot of it is there's just no jobs they, there's this constant you know talk about how many jobs thousands of jobs just this year have disappeared from the journalism space and you know especially when you're struggling with feeling like your own brain is broken um I, I really honestly feel like everybody's last choice to begin with. Um, and and these, these the, the comments don't help. Um, I've learned to kind of laugh at the more extreme ones, like the guy talking about sell my underwear on the internet. <laughs> like, uh, there, there's a certain, like, 
gallows humor among um, journalists about here's our worst, <laughs> you know. But um, it, it if you read something at the wrong time, it can be really traumatic. Um, like I. I try to stay separate from it because I know there's this like silent majority of people that appreciate me being around and, and like what I write and or agree with my takes on things. Um, but, you know, for me, it's been really hard, you know, trying to find another job. Just I, I always wonder if some of those same attitudes aren't held by editors that I'm applying to that I'm pitching, that I'm reaching out to. I know a lot of them personally um, and and work with a pretty good crew. Um, so this is obviously nothing I've experienced personally, but, you know, I've, I've heard about women who've gotten treated by different... treated differently at certain media companies. And I just... I have to wonder, like, what's the point? What... What is the point in, you know, and it gets real bleak. It gets, you know, if somebody says, you know, I, oh, I've, I learned not to read this person back when she was at Jalopnik, you know, like, and I, and I read that on the wrong day, then I just start to wonder, like, it, do people have this gross assumption that this, like, loud subsection of commoners that just, does not want to hear anything from a woman. Um, is that affecting their hiring decisions? Do I even have a stand a chance to to find another stable job? You know, is is this? You know, is is there any point in going on? Like it just it gets. It can be real bleak, and it can be really, really hard, especially if you're dealing with depression and kind of working through that anyway, um, to read somebody, you know, talking about how bad you are as a, as a person, as, as a writer, as, you know, all of these things, and I really... I, I, it, it got to the point where I just couldn't function <laughs> earlier this year. And I'm sorry. Um, I just, I, I, I took, sometimes I just don't think I'm going to make it through. I, and, and, find somewhere, land on my feet, you know? Like, I'm... Yeah. And I just... I just... It, it's this pervasive worry that, you know, is something that I can't change about myself are, you know, deep-rooted opinions that I have based on my experience as a woman that I've voiced, that I'm very vocal about, and I firmly believe need to be vocal about... Are these things why I haven't found another job? It's terrifying. A final break, and then a final question. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. At the end of every interview, I asked each of these women if, after all we talked about, after all the hate mail they read, if they still wanted me to do the episode. After all, these stories of theirs, these experiences, they're not mine. They're theirs. I do, um, and I appreciate how much you've thought about it, because you're already a step ahead of a lot of other people. Um, and so I, so I think you should do it. Mostly because this is a male-dominated industry, and like as a, a female auto journalist, like anyone who's willing to come out and help me, I'm very appreciative of it. And so it's a good thing. I think you're doing a good thing. So don't don't doubt yourself about that. <laughs> I'm glad you're doing this because you're using your platform to elevate voices even further i mean of course there's going to be one or two people who see this and they're like all right sweet it's getting through to them great i'm going to keep it up but i think most of the people who read this are or listen to this episode um i i hope that they find some education in it and i and i really do wager that that's what's going to wind up happening i think it's important that we highlight this and i think it's important that we talk about it because often you just look at my job and you go okay she writes about cars on the internet that's cool she does what she does and then she's done with work for the day and she goes home actually i work from home so i just go into the living room but a lot of people don't know that this is a constant thing you know i think that yes you should definitely do the story but there's always going to be people that feel the need to say something hurtful and inappropriate and you know but like that's not gonna define me and nor have an impact on what I'm doing and if anything like I want the message to be like who am I like who is Andy the lab like what what is she all about um, I would much rather respond with love and at the end of the day like I want my videos to bring joy to people make them public shout them from the rafters like I think the more publicity we have on you know Here's, here's what not to say to, to women on the internet, because at the end of the day, this is, this is our work environment. Thanks for listening to Tempest, and that is a wrap on season two. Thank you so much to all of my colleagues and peers who were a part of this last episode, Kristen, Alanis, Jody, Deb, and Steph. My name is David Obachowski. I hosted, wrote, and produced the episode and did the music too, along with my very good friend and collaborator, Kenny Appel. Distant Correspondent did the theme song. Please give Tempest your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. And don't forget to email me with your car stories, Tempest, at tempestpodcast.com and find me on Twitter at David O from NJ as in David O from New Jersey and at Tempest Podcast. Hey, thanks so much again for listening. <laughs>